of teams, right? I mean, I think you have it as teams that can't, teams that won't, and teams that aren't or aren't going to. Yeah. So which oh. one do you want to talk – which one do you think we should talk about first? Well, I, th- I think I think they're all interrelated in terms of dysfunction, but they're also – the question is where does it come from? So there, there are teams that can't, and, and they can't because either they don't have – and this is usually not the case. They don't have, let's say, the resources or something like that. And to say they, they can't do Agile because they don't have resources doesn't make that much sense, but you occasionally hear that. Um, but we can't because we don't actually know how to do it or we think we do and it's not really working. So we as outsiders say, you can't really do it right now because, for example, you don't have a good plan for doing estimation. Won't do it is we either do or think we know, and that's a big distinction, between how it really should be working. And, and we, we don't want to do it. We don't think it adds benefit. We think our old ways of doing it. And then aren't doing it is, yeah, we generally know what we're supposed to be doing, but eh. But I think that goes back to how coaches work out, right? Is coaches or scrum masters. It's like you you have teams who say, we can't do it that way because we've never done it that way. Or we won't do it that way because we know it won't work that way. Or we aren't going to do it that way because of insert reason six, whatever that is, right? Yeah. And commonly where I see most of teams that fall under the won't category is when they've been burned in the past. Like, Oh, completely. They've either had somebody come in that says, do this because I said so, and I'm going to browbeat you into doing this. Or um, they've been sold a line by a, a consultant somewhere that says, this will fix all your problems. And then it didn't. It just shows right. people what problems are and right. they'll have to fix them. And, um, or I've, I've found that um, there's been some mandate that somebody comes in and attempts to micromanage and then calls it agile. And, right. and that's actually quite the opposite of that. And so you said that it made me think of snake oil estimation. <laughs> yes, absolutely. A lot of snake oil in our industry, man. I mean, it's yeah. like, it's, it's crazy. And, but, and it's, and where, where, where I see a lot of um, approaches, what I've done with teams in the past is I've, I've led with the value. Like we say these things, this is why we say them. This is, these, these are some of the benefits you can get out of it. Right. Although, you know what? Now, wait, Mark, sorry. Because you know what? Now's a perfect time to say, hi, welcome to Faster Than a Stand-Up. I'm Brent Lamont. I'm Mark. I'm Patrick. So, Today, we're talking about teams that can't, won't, and aren't, and we just figured we were going to just start talking, and so now we're actually starting. So Yeah, and I actually would say that the genesis of this podcast was Brent and I gave a lunch and learn, and people told us later on, because we just sat kind of half-facing each other and half-facing the audience, openly talking about Agile, and they said, it wasn't so much a presentation of, as us getting invited into a conversation. So I said, why don't we just try the podcast by starting off in the middle of what we talk about? So this one, we're going to do that way. So we're in the middle of talking about teams that can't, won't, and aren't, and the dysfunction that falls from it. You know, one of those, one of those things too, we, and this kind of relates to teams that, that are having problems these days, um, has to do with distributed versus local teams and the like. And yet one of the things that we're seeing um, right now is all of our teams that we're dealing with are distributed. And all of the teams, as I said the other day in a meeting, all of us are equidistant right now, you know? 
So we, we can't because we have teams we have to interface with. Well, try to figure out a solution which you can get everyone together. You know, if you aren't running into people, you know, regularly in the office, maybe you just set up time and go connect with them. And then some of those arguments of we can't just disappear again, right? Right. This, this shouldn't be a major reason why you can't. It's it, in most of the cases with 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 Scrum and with Agile in general. When I hear I can't, I can't just means I won't, but with a really good justification attached to it. Because well, my boss says I don't have to. <laughs> well, I think can't though in some cases is I can't because I actually don't know how to do it. I I don't know how to run a stand up. I don't know how to do estimation. You know, I, I don't know how to create a good story. And, and then we get involved and, you know, let's go through some exercises of creating a good story. And um, I would but also really say that- funny. Sorry, go. it's really funny that I think teams who say that they can't do those things or that they aren't able to do those things, they're actually not that far off, right? I think for a lot of teams that we work with, when you walk in, they, they're like, oh, well, we don't do stand-up really well. Hey, you do it pretty well. We got some things we can tweak. It's not so bad, right? So it's it's not where it's the, you know, as as you like to say, Mark, it's the what's the worst thing that could happen, right? You throw up the barrier, and it's like, yeah, but if we do the thing, what's the worst thing that can happen? We're still going to get stuff done. So I think your point is, if you say if you say I can't, there's an a priori knowledge of what is and isn't acceptable, which means somewhere along the line, you learn something, and you're farther ahead than I thought. Yeah. You can't say I can't if I don't already know what I'm sort of talking about. Exactly. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it's yep. the teams that sit there How and do you say, know you don't like? <laughs> we write, oh, I don't like to, I don't like to do standups. Okay. Well, what about it that you don't like? It's like you start asking the questions to walk them through the valley of death because where they think they're at, it's like, it's the worst thing that could possibly happen. Whereas in reality, it's actually not that bad. And a lot of the times the answers that I've received when I've asked those questions have been answers that have illustrated that they're doing it completely differently from how it's intended to be. And so of course it's painful. Of course sure. it's a waste of time if you're not getting any of the value out of it. Right. Facilitating it the way it's supposed right. to be done. When, when I first started getting into Agile more and more and more, I, I started realizing that there are those things that you, um, if you do them, and some of them are subtle, then it has a rolling effect on other things that you do. And other things that if you do or don't do them, they aren't that big a deal, or they cause temporary pain, and you can go fix it, right? But some of those most fundamental things, as you look at it, start kind of interlocking, like when they, when they, those are all good, other goodness comes from it. Right. And this became really, really obvious to me when I was giving um, that one hour lecture, I give it um, at least once a year to the interns that come in. And someone in the room, at the very end of it, when I started going, so this is connected to this, you know, kind of like the leg bone is connected to the neck bone or whatever the hell I said. They said, oh, oh, that's so obvious how it all interrelates. And I thought, huh, <laughs> I'm glad you said that. <laughs> that meant I kind of got my point across, which is they, they are interrelated. And when you do kind of the core right, the rest of it kind of, I think, comes along for the ride. I don't know if you guys agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's sort of a chicken and egg thing. And this is what I found um, with teaching classes, facilitating groups is like, and and 
particularly when we talk about principles versus versus practices. Mm-hmm. Um, like they both have to be led in at the same time because you can't really have one without the other. And and that and and I think that's the dance we do is this is this chicken and egg dance of how do I introduce a little bit of all of these areas at once so people can see how it's all connected without overwhelming the audience with data and way too much information to grok all at one time. Well, my question is between can't, won't, and aren't, which one's the worst? Worst from whose perspective, the teams or the person trying to help them? Let's start with the person who's trying to help. I think won't is one of the most difficult. Um, And I've worked with somebody now for a couple of years that understands in principle, all of the different parts of Scrum and just refuses to do it. And I, and I still don't understand that. That one's particularly frustrating because um, teams understand around this person, the team understands it, but this one person is just against it, even, even after lots of conversation. And sometimes that can get very frustrating. I think we talked about sometimes you have to step back and show that whatever they were going to do was less effective than what they were doing when they were mm-hmm. you know, doing Scrum. And then you come back and say, I can help you again. Or like that Looney Tunes cartoon where he says, for a small price, I can get you a little blue button to get you back down again. <laughs> exactly. And if that, date, if that dated me too much, then you can go look it up on the internet. Nope, I love that one. I love that one. That's Daffy Duck and uh, Elmer Fudd. Yeah, the house of the future. Yeah. So it's totally cool. I mean, so what's yeah. that? Oh, I said, it's, it's, it's funny you say that about uh, about a toxic individual sort of embedded within a team that actually knows their stuff because right. that I had a similar I had a similar situation a couple of years back where um, there was an individual who was actively stating won't and this person had a leadership role within the team and so um, one of the one of the things that I've done in the past and what I did in this instance is I actually harnessed the wisdom of the team and I asked for a vote right. and said so Let's take a vote. Um, there have been some statements made that retrospectives are a waste of time, and there are some statements made that retrospectives would be beneficial. Let's take a vote. Three, two, one. Who do we think, or do, do we think we should do retrospectives? And everybody in the team, except for the one individual, raised their hands. And so I said, all right, it is consensus. We are doing this. <laughs> you didn't pick high and low and let them debate? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that, that goes back to the... I don't need everybody to, to follow along willingly. I just need everyone to agree that we're going to follow along, right? And mm-hmm. it has to be where you are walking them through. And it's like, hey, you're doing your part. I get it. You're going to be the person who's going to say no, 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 no the entire time. Okay, cool. I'm good. But you know what? Everybody else is here. So mm-hmm. why don't you come on along? The water's fine. Right. Come on, join us. I've had an example where a very, very vociferous naysayer um, repeatedly said, this isn't going to work and there's just no way in hell. And I said, can you do me a favor for two weeks? Can you just suspend disbelief and see what happens at the end of two weeks? Or, you know, give it a little bit longer. And after a year of working with this person, they came to me and they said, I really appreciate that you did that. It gave me some buffer. I kind of decided I was going to actually really watch what was going on. And I realized pretty quickly it wasn't as threatening as I thought, and now I've come to really appreciate it. So, you know, thank you for not like ramming it down my throat, but giving, but basically saying you have the option to say no, 
but do me a favor of, you know, don't be, don't show contempt right off the bat. Just see if you can't find middle ground. And, and in the end, you know, he, he came along and it was great. See, and I think that goes back to the aren't. I, I aren't going to do it. We aren't going to do it. It's like the, the implication with aren't is it's more than one person, right? We aren't going to do it. And I think that might be even more toxic than a can't or a won't because it's like a won't. Hey, you know what? In a working environment, yeah, you can dig in your heels, but guess what? If your boss says that it, this is how we do things, then you go have that conversation upstream. We won't do this. That is a one versus many, and that's a harder sell. Yeah, I, I think can't is actually the easiest because if it's can't, it usually, yeah. that, that implies an element of frustration. That's yep. some, at some level, they want to do this. They're just being blocked somehow. Right. Right. And then don't we remove impediments at some level? That, that's <laughs> supposedly that's that's what the scrum guide says right i should have twirled my mustache on that line <laughs> well i think we're at the place where we can't talk about it anymore not that we won't talk about it anymore or we aren't going to talk about it anymore but i think we're at time so until the next iteration i'm brent i'm mark I'm Patrick. And until the next iteration, you can give us a rating at your podcast provider, shoot us an email at info at fasterthanastandup.com, or you can find us on Twitter at Faster Standup. Thanks for listening. And that was Faster Than a Standup.